0: This is Coach Aaron Saft and the MR Running Pains podcast. I'm recording here on October 19th, 2022. It's actually my birthday. <laughs> as crazy as that is, I turned 45 today. Uh, and just, you know, it's been it's been a great reflective uh, week. <laughs> um, cross country came to an end. We had our end of season party last night, uh, and just got to be around the kids again. Um, yeah it's just it's awesome because, as I was telling them, you know I've watched some of these kids grow from running healthy kids as you know elementary school age up through their middle school years uh just you know seeing that growth and where they've you know what point they've come to it's just incredible um i'm I'm really enjoying following their journey um you know some of the kids are in high school now, which is crazy. Uh, so it's really cool. Um, just happy to be a part of that journey and, um, and seeing them still doing this sport. Uh, it's just phenomenal. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan. So watching sport right now is, is super exciting. Having, uh, Yankees and the guardians going to game five on the ALDS, just man, what a time for sport. i uh, just, you know, it's, it's just, a it's a great time right now. The fall is just—I have so much love for the fall. Um, I got to race this past weekend with my wife. Uh, what a what a great time! I'll talk about that more at the end of the show. Um, you know, this is a little bit longer of an intro than I usually do, but um, just want to say thank you to everybody uh, for being a part of this podcast. Um, you know, for um, just uh, sharing this journey with me. Uh, I've I've tried to make this podcast um about things that uh will help runners and and hear stories that we can learn from and take away from a lot of them are athletes i coach so um we go through a lot of things that we've done how we've trained what mistakes we've made what we want to do better um, so hopefully you can use it in your own training so um these two uh these two women uh, are just uh, they're awesome <laughs> they're so fun to coach um you know that we talk about the story of of when they presented the fact that they were going to do Berlin and London back to back weekends, <laughs> uh, and just the smile that it brought to my face. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed talking with them about this journey, and you know the destination being Berlin and London marathons, and them getting in two of the majors. Back to back weekends. Uh, it's it's fun. Uh, what a conversation. And these uh, both Jennifer and Sandra, like I said, just outstanding human beings. Um, and they, like I said, they make me smile every time I, I you know go into Training Peaks and and see their upload because they you know they truly love our sport and I hope you can hear that in in this conversation because it's uh, it's very evident to me. So. Please enjoy my conversation with Jennifer Byers and Sandra Levesque. And uh, at the end, like I said, I'll come back and talk a little bit more about everything else that's going on in the race that I just did. So here we go. All right. So I have two mega marathoners with me <laughs> um, <laughs> Jennifer Byers and, and Sandra Levesque. Um, and I they just got back, uh, still jet lagged from, from London, so um, they'll tell us all about that. But let's start with some uh, some introductions. Um, uh, Sandra, do you want to start us off?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Sandra and I am just shy of 55, <laughs> live a couple hours south of Orlando. Started running, I've always kind of ran for like exercise, did my first race, which was a half marathon in 2013 had never run a race before that and decided Disney was the only thing I wanted to do. And then, then you start getting hooked into other things. And next thing you know, you're running dopey and then you're running marathons and now you're running majors. <laughs> and, um, and I will say most of that is because of Jennifer.
2: So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs an enabler in their life. I gladly refil- will fill that role. Yes, <laughs> my enabler
1: is Jennifer.
0: <laughs> so, um, for those that aren't familiar with dopey, which is like the gateway drug to marathoning, um, <laughs> what, what is the dopey challenge?
1: So that is uh, four days at Disney in January for their marathon weekend. You start off running a five k on Thursday morning they these all start at 5 a.m. so 5k on thursday a 10k on friday half marathon on saturday and a full marathon on sunday which Sounds horrible in and of itself, and then you add the kicker of getting up at 2 30. No, it's 2
3: a.m. We have to put our costumes on. We're gonna do costumes,
1: (laughs) yes. So we have to wear costumes. Uh, several of the races will have props involved. So, yes, it's a lot of fun, a lot of pictures, and just a really good weekend all (laughs) together.
0: That's great. And then they kick you out, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, we stay for Monday. Yeah, yeah, we stay.
0: But at, like after the race, you either. have Oh to... yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: You, they yeah. they start early so they can get rid of you as soon as possible.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what people don't
1: realize that even though you pay all that money to run the races, that does not include your entry into Disney World. That's movies. separate.
0: And and what yeah. is just so we have an idea, what what would be the entry fee for Dopey?
3: Is it six fifty, Jennifer? Um, it's just shy of seven hundred dollars now.
0: Yeah, oh, I gotcha. Right. Um,
3: quite the investment
0: yeah well i mean you guys look like you have a blast so i mean the memories are worth it but um (laughs) they
3: are priceless yeah
0: did they do did they do a good job did they um they put on a good race
1: excellent yeah Yeah, it's a lot of fun Uh, a lot of good character stops and usually there's some unique characters you don't typically see in the parks which can be a lot of fun um and it's always a challenge of trying to run faster than other people so you can get in lines because the lines can be long for character photos or they can even shut the line off if they get too long and they have to open up the parks for people. Mm. Um, so that's why I think they backed it up now. Like they all start at 5 AM, which it's early. Cause you have to be there like at three 30 to go through security, um, get to your corral placement. And so there's a lot of standing around before the race and a lot of walking before the race. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
0: and how many, how many characters would you say you see in, in the 5k?
3: Um, there was probably between eight and ten. There was a lot, but oh, you wow. know, this last marathon weekend was special because it was the first, um, you know, marathon weekend uh, since shutting down for COVID. So I think that they really went above and beyond for all of us. We normally would not see that many characters. So we'll see if for you know this this coming race season if they continue that trend.
0: That's cool. Um, how much of it is um? I, I've never run a Disney race, so how many? How Go much? I know (laughs) how much of it is actually run in the park.
3: Um, well, it depends something like a 5k, almost all of it's going to be in the park. Um, A 10k, I would say half of the distance would be in a park. And then, you know, the longer you run, the less time you're in a park. But the best thing about the marathon is it's the only run Disney race where you get to run through all four parks. Oh, wow. Um, so that is a really special experience. Um, you know, if you do a half marathon, you usually would maybe, maybe get to do two parks. So getting to do all four is really great. And mentally, I think it keeps me going. Cause I just say, you know, first I'm going to work on getting to magic kingdom and, you know, then to animal kingdom and then to Hollywood studios. And then to Epcot, I don't break it down by the miles. I just think about the landmarks.
0: That's cool. That is cool. Um, and I'm sure they have a unique finisher award for each race.
3: Oh, the and medals. The, medals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one. Yeah. Uh, we both have quite the medal collection. It is very yeah. enticing. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then the dopey challenge you leave with, you know, a medal for each of the four races. And then you get, um, you know, a challenge medal for running the half and the full marathon, which is called goofy. And then you get another medal um, dopey, obviously for, for running all of them. So you leave with quite the hardware at the end.
0: Yeah. Did you get a shirt for each one?
3: Oh, yes. you do
0: yeah <laughs> it's so
3: always a big dirt. a big debate you like what color will it be what does it look like it's a big deal do
0: <laughs> you, you get mickey ears
3: we usually after always have ears yeah. <laughs> well
1: they they give you the they give you the like the little hat with the big mouse ears after the full <laughs> so that usually after the full they give us that right both ears
3: uh, yeah they give so, you they started that where they give you the the classic traditional mickey ear hat and it has the the marathon emblem on the front of it. So it's a special ear hat.
1: But then Jennifer, we have an album on our Facebook just for her and I, that she'll post ideas for Minnie Mouse ears. And then I make us ears to match whatever costume she came up with.
2: So <laughs> she loves
0: it, a, she loves those notifications. I have a little
1: sewing closet that I have. Uh, I call it my Harry Potter craft closet it's under the stairs in my house. And I have my sewing stuff set up and I make us ears. Yes. Oh, that's cute.
0: That's cute. <laughs> I haven't done Mickey's voice in forever. Let me see if I can if I can get a, a Mickey voice. Yeah, see guys.
3: if you can do it. <clears> ha! <throat> <clears> ha. <throat> <clears throat> hey Pluto, come here, Pluto. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're pretty good. That is my, good.
0: <laughs> my voice is a little bit raspy this morning, but <laughs> you
3: need to come and uh, Disney with us. So I think you would like it.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, anyhow, that's awesome, and I, I can see Sandra was talking about the metal collection. She she also has um a uh, oh yeah a, another, uh, part of her running that she does, uh, she is trying to hit, well, go ahead, Sandra. Why don't you explain what you're, what you're doing?
1: So I'm doing half marathons in all 50 States plus DC. Last so day. I started that. Yeah, I think I started that in like, well, 2017, 2018. Um, I was supposed to finish in January of 21 and I had 2020 all lined up. And then obviously we know what happened in 2020. So now it's kind of, uh, piecemealing it together I hit my 100th half marathon in Nebraska in August and so I have four states left I have Michigan and Iowa this month in October and then I have West Virginia in November at Marshall University and then I will have Hawaii left and that will be probably looking at looks like it'll be May at this point because I want to do Oahu so it's either April or May. April uh conflicts with a Disney race. So it'll probably be Memorial weekend for that one. Yeah. So then I'll be done with <laughs> the 50 State Challenge and Great um, finish it off. Yeah. But of course now Jennifer has me on this other journey that we were gonna be talking <laughs> about today. So yeah, there's always something yeah I was a one and done with a full marathon in 2018. And now I have done five, four of them being in the year 2022.
2: That's
0: so. awesome. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, and Jennifer, why don't you tell us about yourself?
3: Uh, obviously, my name is Jennifer. I live near Orlando, Florida. I am forty-four years old, and I started running, um, just over ten years ago. Um, I was inspired to show my son at the time, who was four, that um, you could do anything that you put your mind to doing as long as you put the effort in. Um, My son has autism. And at the time he was, you know, on the newer side of being diagnosed just over two years prior to that. And I remember he um, would, he didn't speak that great then, but he could speak in shorter sentences. And he would say things to me that, you know, he couldn't do it because he had autism or he couldn't do it because he didn't have the, you know, experience that other kids had, maybe from being in a general education type setting. And that's what started me on running. I was just going to do one Disney race. Um, his <laughs> last words. Yeah, I was going to do one and I was going to train for it. Um, and that really blew up from there. He, um, he's inspired me to do so much just because I think about him all the time, you know, all the things that he does that are challenging on a day-to-day basis. That for you and I might be something we don't even give a second thought to. And so when I'm, you know, in a bad place mentally, either you know, in a training run or at a race, I always think back to my son and you know, the challenges he faces. But um, since that time, ten years ago, I don't know exactly because I'm not Sandra, is someone who really loves data, and I don't. But I think <laughs> I've ran around 61 half marathons, um, and we just completed London. So that was my 10th marathon and countless other 5Ks and 10Ks. I have no idea the number. Um, but quite <laughs> frankly, I honestly, I do like racing, but I try and keep the races um, you know, to a smaller number. I try not to just go to a race because maybe the medal's cool or the destination <laughs> might sound neat. I really, honestly, when all is said and done, I love Disney the most. And so those are races I cannot um, resist. But other than that, I try and keep the list slim um, until I discovered the six-star World Major Marathon Challenge. That was finally something that sucked me in outside of Disney.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. We'll, t- we'll talk about that challenge. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of been talking
3: so, about challenges. Yeah. So during COVID, obviously, I was sad like everyone else that we didn't have races and I couldn't see my friends. And um, I decided after talking with you that I would attempt, um, another marathon and I had sworn them off because I felt the training was miserable. Um, I did not enjoy those 20 and 22 mile long runs. Um, and so I just was done with them until I chatted with you about, you know, trying a different method, which would be, you know, a run on Saturday, maybe that is about an hour and then a longer run on Sunday, but you know, none of those 20 or 22 mile runs Um, and so even though I was covering the same distance, it was split into 24 hours, which for me worked really great. Uh, so I decided I was going to go after the New York city marathon and I work in the cancer field and I was able to join the American cancer society team for the New York city marathon, which was really special for me. And I fundraised, um, to run the marathon, um, in 2021, which happened to be the 50th anniversary and the, the first return of the race since COVID. So the whole feeling was really electric, exciting. It was my first go at marathons again, you know, with, with Aaron leading me and guiding me. Um, and so when I was at the expo, I saw this booth and everything was blue and shiny and it looked really special. So I had no idea what Abbott was. I didn't know what any of this stuff was. Abbott's a pharmaceutical company in my mind. I had no idea outside of that. So I walked in and I saw that they had this special medal for running, you know, all these, uh, the six marathons, the world majors in the world, you know, at the time I didn't even know what they were. So I started reading the medal to see what the cities are. And, um, then the person working the booth told me that there were less than 3000 women in the world who'd ever done it. And I thought, well,
2: I'm going to do it. So I remember <laughs>
3: taking pictures in the booth that day, and sending them to Sandra and saying, I'm going to do this this looks amazing. And she sent me back some kind of reply along the lines of, oh, well, that's great. And of course, <laughs> I didn't realize that meant she was doing it too. <laughs> Story <laughs> so of my how, life. <laughs> yeah, that's how this whole challenge kind of started. And obviously, you know, New York is a hard race to get into. And I was really fortunate to get my spot. Um, but <clears throat> Boston uh, was that, you know, following April, even though they had just had a race in October, you know, their schedule is kind of, messed up with COVID. And so um I got really lucky. I was selected to run for a team uh, where they help families. Uh most most of the time it's kids who have autism, but it's a variety of special needs. So I was selected for the team um, to run in April. And uh Boston is the most incredible race I've ever done in my life. Um everything about it was electric. It was magic. The stars aligned the weather was beautiful. You know, I got my, my pre-race photo with, um, Chalene Flanagan. So I don't know how else your race can be that amazing, but it was, and of course, <laughs> followed up with a personal best at the race. So it's like one of those moments where everything aligned and it was the best experience. So even though Aaron wanted to kill us because that was my, my fourth marathon in six months, it, it was okay.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so yeah, Sandra and I, you know, did Boston together and I think she'll probably agree that it's her favorite race ever as well. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so in that case, because Jennifer did the fundraising for the, her charity. And then I was just going to go with her and, you know, not do that. <laughs> and then her the charity ended up having last minute bids because I guess international travelers couldn't come. Yeah. So they reached out. And I guess Jennifer is very, very quick on responding to things <laughs> or entering cues or things like that. So she uh, said, I've got someone who will do it. <laughs> and I had a very minimal fundraising goal to do Boston as my own legit bib and stuff. And so I she, I was like, well, I'd probably be stupid not to do this. She's like, yep, you would. You have to do it. And I already told them you're doing it. So, <laughs> uh, so that was an incredible. And for me, my only two marathons before had been Disney. And the first time we, I did it with a girl who stops to talk to everybody. We rode the roller coaster, which was amazing. There was mimosas on the course, margarita at the end. So like, I didn't care about my time. And then this past, Toby, I was 16 days post knee surgery, still had stitches in when I ran it. So that was a tough half and full this year. So I really didn't know, you know, how I could do in a real race that wasn't at Disney and not being injured like that. And uh, the energy was amazing. And I was really happy for me. I did Boston and 504, which was about two hours faster than I did a Disney marathon. So I was nervous going into it because I had a six hour cutoff, very hard cutoff. And I was like, okay, I think my training is good. My knee feels pretty good. You know, I've been doing consistent training and so I was really happy with that. That was, um, and it was, it was the best experience. We couldn't have asked for better weather, better spectators, all around. It was an A plus experience in Boston.
3: That's so cool. So cool. Yeah, I know you've run Boston as well. Do you think it was one of the best road races you've done?
0: Um. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, it's insane. Um. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm. I'm not a, a big race type of person. I, I know. I, you know. I. I I kind of get (laughs) a little bit claustrophobic, and yeah, definitely like you know, crawl to my shell because there's just so many people. Um, And Boston, you know, I'm a New York Yankees fan, and so the first time I did Boston, (laughs)
2: uh,
0: Yankees and 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 Boston were playing, and uh, I finished. I got in the tee. And Red Sox had just won, and they're doing their chant all around me on oh, the subway. No. And I'm just like in my own personal hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. So, um, but the, the race itself was amazing. Um, you know, I was, uh, I had a great time. I was running with, uh, the, well, I think the woman got fifth uh, that year. I ran with her for a long time, wow. and it was like the coolest experience to be running with, you know, these uh, female elites. Uh, just a really neat experience I I really cherish that and then the second time um, my wife had said I really want to watch you run Boston and my son was uh, four I think three or four at the time and we went back and that um, was such a great memory having them there and um, I ended up with the uh, three stress fractures in my foot after that race it was wow. killing me during the race but my wife let me know i was a wuss if i didn't finish so
3: <laughs> uh, well i mean when really the bad when she saw the you're x-rays, okay you're okay yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh so i got across the finish line and we went right to the hospital and then when she saw the x-rays she felt pretty bad
3: just walk it off it's fine yeah it's right. fine up feet. i just mean rub some dirt on it, it- yeah, it's interesting (laughs) that you bring up the, you know, the size of the crowd and the amount of runners. And I will say for someone who's never done a world major, I think it's a really great experience for them to go do Disney races because you're going to see the same type of number of runners crowd experience. And I think for Sandra and I, in a lot of ways, it's desensitized us to that. So when we go to these world majors, seeing the number of people is just nothing to us. I mean, granted, we're not there to win the race by any means. Um, But you know, it it means that when we get in that world majors crowd, uh, it, it doesn't even add to the stress level. And I think that's big because I know a lot of people really don't enjoy that um, for their first experience when they're not knowing what to expect. Yeah.
1: I saw a sign at the last the last one we just ran. Someone had a sign in the audience that said, like, um, embrace your pace today or enjoy your pace or something yeah. like own it. And I thought that was big because um, I run intervals. And so even Boston, the first few miles, I think I ran straight because it was quite crowded in Boston. And there was a lot of people cutting me off no matter how far to the right I stayed, which was intimidating for me in Boston. I did not experience that at Berlin or London, which is kind of interesting. Um, but after kind of I just had to stay kind of in my lane and just do my thing. Mm -hmm. And I was telling Jennifer it gets hard because when I'm running these races and I am doing intervals, I have set walk breaks, and I put up my hand and I make sure nobody's behind me, and I stop, and the crowd starts yelling at you like "You can do it! You can do it!" Mm -hmm. And like they don't know I'm doing it on purpose, right? You know. And then when I start running again, sometimes they act like their cheers have what motivated me to start running (laughs) again. So (laughs) I kind of think it's kind of funny, and I wave and start running, but and that's hard to just kind of tune it out and not get so wrapped up into the excitement of the crowd to just do your thing. Yeah. And yeah. You know,
0: Good point. That's a great point. Have to own it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's there's so many experiences that you go through at these big races. Um, yeah, you know, I, I could think back and I started thinking and I was like, oh my gosh, like so many so many memories came back. Uh, our bus broke down on the way to the start. Like,
3: <laughs> oh I mean, no. Like,
0: yeah, the shuttle, like I mean, we're in you know, we're in the middle of the highway in Boston and all of a sudden the bus is that's like the worst <laughs> <possible> <laughs> and scenario. Just stopped and we're like, oh, it's, no. right,
3: it's a long ride. I mean it it is. that's it is. that's <laughs> panic yeah. inducing for sure. Oh god, yeah. I mean, they we, had
0: a, oh my god, they had to get us onto another bus and we we got there obviously fine and all that. But yeah, was, you know, it's, we it's have just,
3: similar like, bus nightmares with disney because they contract um with with the bus company to bring you uh usually you park at epcot and then there's two races where you start in another area so they they contract the buses to take the other area and like 90 percent of the time the bus driver has no idea where they're going <laughs> and there's road closures and then people you know are trying to direct them on where to go that are just runners on the bus and right. everyone's panicked but yeah, that, that can definitely set you off on yeah. the wrong note when you're worried about getting there in time for your yep. corral. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And e- even if you're not panicking, it's somebody else that starts panicking. Oh yeah. You, you feed off panicking. of it. You're just like, oh, it's hard to, hard to <laughs> totally,
3: keep cool. Totally um, agree. Funny. You know, when, um, when, let me think, okay, so I did New York and then I actually entered the lottery for London before we found out we were going to do Boston um, through a travel company, because the, the, the weight marathon tours is a company that offers um, travel packages for London, Tokyo, and New York City that include the bib but they are not really a lottery because they go based off of the time that you joined their club. And it's understandable because those, you know, London and Tokyo specifically are really competitive and hard to get bids. Um, so I thought, well, you know, they just told me it's gonna be three or four years for me to do London. I don't want to wait three or four years. (laughs) Uh, So then I found another travel company. um, It's called Fitness International and it's based out of Boston. And um, the owner of the company is Kelly. Uh, She runs more of a boutique type business, personal approach. She has a true lottery for London um, where, you know, you apply, you have to give your credit card information with the understanding that if you get in, they're automatically going to charge you. Um, but I entered London and kind of put in the notes that I only wanted to be accepted if Sandra could be my roommate um and by the way I don't think I told her that either no, you did not <laughs> you did not tell me that um yeah so we got lucky and we happened to get in through that lottery as well so we knew we were doing London before we found out that we were actually doing, doing Boston, Boston. Okay. um so you know the, the stars kind of aligned I had no idea how long it was going to take me to do all of these things because I didn't realize that there were some travel companies that could provide opportunities in I just assumed I was going to have to keep entering the lottery and I've entered the lottery for London for 10 years and never got in, which I read is not unusual. Um, And I'm the only person on this planet that has entered the Chicago marathon lottery for I think eight years now and never got in. Um, So there's that sore spot as well. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I guess since we're talking about lotteries now's a good time to tell you that Sandra and I opened our email this morning and found out we got into the Tokyo marathon lottery for 2023.
2: (laughs) 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 oh so <laughs> that's fantastic here we come
3: Tokyo So, right Tokyo, here we come. Um, Tokyo. yeah and we were planning to try to do that in 2024 and honestly we just entered the lottery thought like I mean do we have to lose yeah. we're right. never going to get in you know like less than three percent of people get into this thing
0: and we'll just to- do it the, that's a spring <laughs> is that a spring marathon Tokyo it's in
3: uh, it's March, in 5th. March. Uh,
0: it's what's I'm sorry March 5th March 5th okay
3: yeah so I will. So actually- I woke up to Sandra's text this morning saying she got in.
2: (laughs) So,
1: yeah, because I actually woke up at 350 this morning because I'm still on London time and only slept a few hours and was up and catching up on a couple TV shows. And I open up and I see that I was selected. So actually, I think my text message was a little bit more explicit to Jennifer than (laughs) I got in. Um, But then I was like panicking, like if I get into the lottery, which I've never applied to any lottery because this was never something I was going to do right um and like I said, I sometimes question my life choices and my best friend choices, but you know <laughs> it is what it is and um so like I was thinking like oh if I get in and she doesn't okay do I defer like what do I do because sure you know yeah we always travel together and then thankfully like she got in which I don't know the chances of us both getting in are right other people we knew did not get in to the lottery so
3: and yeah, apparently definitely. That's- divine intervention that's for sure Apparently,
1: i think your chances are greater of getting attacked by a shark on i4 than you are getting into the tokyo lottery yeah so i
3: mean that's that's our next big adventure that's, on that's deck though. Awesome. So, um after tokyo i will be the only person probably on earth that will get their sixth star at chicago but it will be me
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um one way or another that's going to happen in 2023 and then sandra you'll be next after me
1: yeah we'll be looking at new york city to get mine and then you'll be sure. two years getting your year six and i'll be 18 months getting my six stars yeah.
0: <laughs> is there a timeline for having to complete the six stars or yeah. No, no, okay. No, and
3: quite frankly, most people end up needing Boston, um, mm-hmm. and so it can take them a really long time mm-hmm. uh, to close that gap. So um, Tokyo is hard to get into via lottery, but there's around three thousand spots per year that are saved for charity entry. Mm. So if someone's willing to, you know, donate to a charity um, with the with the um, yen to the dollar right now, it's around a thousand U.S. dollars then you can get into Tokyo, but you know, most charities for Boston have a $10,000 minimum mm-hmm. um, to raise, to get your bib. So, I mean, if you can't meet their qualifying standards, your only other option is to fundraise and you know, $10,000 is staggering. Yeah, yeah. So right. that's yeah. why they're left with Boston being their final star. Right. Cause yeah. all of the other ones do have a lottery system.
1: So like Chicago's lottery, New York, they have a lottery, Berlin. Mm-hmm. London really hard to get into, but at least you can get in with a travel company for Berlin, London, and Tokyo. There may be a wait list, but you can get through that way. So, Boston absolutely a like charity or be really fast. Yeah.
0: So, and so, um, do you have to, um, it, it, to get this uh six star award, it, do you have to apply through something <clears throat> or is that just they just kind of keep track of it? How does that work?
1: They keep track of it automatically because I get the email that I earned another star after both Berlin and London, and then I think because I think you do have to create your username on the Abbott website, and then
3: you have
2: set up. you am breaking up
3: through Abbott major. and then they keep track.
2: Okay. We're having a little connection. Yeah, once, once,
3: Jen, you, once you create the account, they keep alert you our new stars.
0: So, the Abbott does, once you create the user, Abbott does keep track of the stars for you. That's cool. So, the six, just so we're all clear. You've Are you there?
3: Got...
0: Yep, we're here. You I can, can hear you now. <laughs> we can hear you now, Jennifer. You good?
3: I can hear you. <laughs>
0: She's still breaking up a little bit, but yeah, a little bit. There we go. Um, so we've got New York, Boston, Berlin, London, Chicago, and Tokyo. That's the six, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, there's also a talk of I mean, I don't know how you'd make uh or if you'd want to make a seven pointed star, but they're talking Uh, about uh, Valencia. Um Valencia is becoming a huge marathon. Um they're they're putting a lot of money into that race. Um, it would be interesting to see if they were willing to, to add another, uh, race. I know that would be, but... go ahead.
1: Inter- interesting that you say that, cause there are apparently over a hundred and there's over a hundred criteria. These major races have to check off mm-hmm. and there's two that are in final consideration right now to join the world majors. Okay. One is uh Cape Town South Africa and the sure. other one is Sydney Australia. Oh, interesting. And apparently they both have already hit the 100 points that they need. Yeah. So they're in the final stages wow. and the talk is it would be like fall of of uh 2025 would be okay. when I think Sydney is in the fall that they would potentially come online. Mm. So the question is and nobody has an answer is if you are already on track for six, can you just do the original six and call it a day? Or if you are a short one and they bring on number seven, do you now need to get seven to get the seven star mm-hmm. medal that they're going to come up with or eight star? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people really
3: thinking they need to get this done in 24.
2: <laughs> right. Which right. now you eight, see
3: why we were trying to hurry. Because I mean, it, it sounds great to go to Australia in South Africa, but I mean, that's just not something that we want to take on race wise on top of everything else we've already done. You know, Mm -hmm. if we go there, I think it would be not to run a race, even though it seems like every time we travel it's to run a race.
1: (laughs) Apparently we know no other way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So yeah. uh, You guys finished Boston and then I got the cheapest text from both of you saying that (laughs) we've got this thing. We're going to do this. All um we just wanted to run it by you <laughs> so this
3: is this one's finally sandra's fault she has to own up to this one <laughs> yeah usually i get sucked into everything
1: you know that jennifer just does it and apparently i don't know how to say no or i'm just you know kind of yeah. easygoing about it i'm
3: a really great salesperson yeah
1: so somehow we found, i guess i was looking or whatever and i saw that marathon tours one of the travel companies still had bibs and rooms available for berlin and we were already flying out on the 23rd of September ahead of time before doing London. And I said, you know, why don't we just get Berlin out of the way? And we just, we were able to change our flight to two days earlier, no extra money to change our flight, just had to add the Berlin portion. And luckily, this time, Jennifer was like, okay. <laughs> Versus, oh. But yeah, that one. That one was on me, but I figured, you know, one flight, get over there. And we did, we did have the planes. We did have to do some planes, trains, and automobiles because we couldn't change our our destination to fly directly to Berlin. So we flew to Paris. Like we originally had planned to go into the city and go to Disneyland Paris. So from, you know, from Charles de Gaulle airport, we then got onto a very budget airline (laughs) to Berlin. Um, and got there and had a few days there before the race. But, uh, you know, for me, it, we were so lucky. Both, or actually all three of my majors have been just really wonderful weather. And Berlin in the fall can be nice. London, obviously, can be rainy. But Berlin, uh, of all things, it actually was quite hot and humid. Mm. So we got very hot towards the end of that one, but we got them done.
2: Yeah.
3: Absolutely. yeah I mean in the the one really big highlight um for london was I know you know that sandra and I both love peloton we both have the bike and the treadmill <laughs> but while we were in london we booked in advance to take a class live in studio um so we were able to get that uh experience in person and honestly we we knew it would be great but we didn't know how great and we both agreed that was definitely one of the highlights of the trip they they really know how to treat you and they make you feel special. Uh, And, you know, being able to run live with coaches that we ran virtually with from another continent was, was really amazing. Um, And the area that Peloton is in in London was really cool, very boutique. So I recommend, you know, even if someone doesn't have an actual time to ride there or run, to go check it out, but they do have an area where you can buy merchandise and, and kind of look around and the area surrounding it is so beautiful. It's, it's worth a quick train ride. But like Sandra mentioned, it was planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, we had four flights. I can't even count the number of times we were on trains and, you know, subways and Uber and cabs. I mean, it was, it was wild. Um, the number of times we changed hotels and, you know, went through the whole shenanigan. It was the greatest adventure of my life and the best. <laughs> so it's one I'll never forget.
1: Yeah. Eurostar through the tu- through the tunnel over to London so, <laughs> wow. but yeah and of course you know Jennifer and I always tend to match at races or when we do things so being at the Peloton studio and matching skirts apparently people don't go in skirts to run and we no. do and so that was a hit as well and 80s music so it was right up my alley for music wise so <laughs> we got our shout outs for hitting milestones with our runs at Peloton so yeah, definitely a great experience to add on to it.
0: No, that's cool. Uh, so aside from the um, the transportation and having so many <laughs> different How crazy. Uh, yeah, modes of transportation to get to your destination, um, were there any other challenges that you uh, faced either in Berlin or in London? Uh, and it could be just travel or within the marathon itself.
1: The only thing that initially was going to be a concern was... COVID restrictions initially because we are going through France um, with the requirements that they're having. And they lifted some of those very strict restrictions before we flew. So that definitely helped ease that part of it, which was good. Um, like, language can be an issue, but a lot of people really do speak English in France. And now, like Google Translates and City Mapper is a great resource if you're in any of the major cities, either overseas or stateside. It tells you exactly which trains to get on, when they're coming, how far to walk, you know, to your next platform or things like that. So, I don't think we really had too many issues. The biggest thing for
2: like, the only,
3: yeah, the only major challenge I had for Berlin was um, the fueling because the yeah. on course hydration. Um, uh, number one, I've never been served hot tea uh, at a race. And I don't know about <laughs> you, but that's not something I'm interested in. Um, and, and then um, I am the kind of person where if I see where food or drinks are prepared, and if it's not <laughs> something I find, clean or appetizing i'm out um and they had essentially hoses which i don't know where the source of the water came from so i'm not judging that but they had hoses that were then into what i would call a dish bucket and then they were uh dipping cups in it to get the water um so when i discovered that at the first stop i was like all right houston we have a problem um i don't know what i'm gonna do because you know i had like 20 ounces on me but that's not enough for a marathon um so i just tried to to power through it and i don't know yet if it was a case of just feeling disgusted by looking at the water, or if they added additional minerals or something to their water, but the water destroyed my stomach. It killed me. Um, so, luckily, I've learned uh, from Sandra, honestly, to run with a credit card. So, I had a credit card in my skirt. Um, and at, at like mile 15, I found a gas station on the on the other side of the road that was not part of the race that I ran to and bought myself a Coca-Cola. And I'll never forget the guy that was working at the gas station looked at me and he was really shocked. And he goes, you know, this is not part of the race, right? And I said, Oh yeah, I know this is not part of the race, but you're about to save my life with this Coca-Cola right here. Cause I am a mess. And he just started laughing. So I got my Coca-Cola. I slowed down for about two miles while I got that into my system. And, you know, once I did, I was able to pull it together and finish, but that was something I really underestimated. And I did see a lot of people running with hydration packs. And that's probably what I should have done. Um, looking back, I just didn't, honestly, I didn't expect in Europe to have an issue with water, but I did. So for someone who's like me, I would recommend hydration pack. The problem with
1: that is a lot of the majors, but Boston, you can't have a hydration pack. I don't think, or New York. It's,
3: right now it's just Boston and New York where you can't have a hydration pack. I'm not sure what Tokyo will be, but we could have had them in London as well. Mm-hmm. They
1: had Coca Cola on the course, which was amazing, but like at the 30 kilometer mark, and you know, the race ends at 42 kilometers. So Mm -hmm. Coke would have been much nicer earlier in the race than that far out. Right. Um, For me, I actually love the race in kilometers because it seemed to fly by.
3: Oh, good. You're going to get to do that again in Tokyo. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. The only thing I could, they'll be the only thing I can read,
3: maybe. if it's yeah. numbers yeah yeah so something <laughs> yes. to look forward to for you yeah so oh for the God. metrically
0: challenged 30k is about 18 and a half miles
3: <laughs> so, yeah well and i'm wow. metrically challenged i'm the one that's always <laughs> yeah. asking Sandra, like how far is that how much is that where <laughs> what is that
2: <laughs> uh,
1: well she so, was
3: pretty good at me you
2: No, know, with seconds. our cell
1: phones because like when jen wasn't feeling great you know at least we had our cell phones and we could text and she would tell mm-hmm. me where she was and yeah. So i stayed about I was about two kilometers behind you that whole race. And so I kept trying to go a little faster to catch up. And she didn't want me to see her like not feeling well because I was having a good race. And she thought, I didn't want to ruin her race. Yeah.
3: Gotcha. Because I mean, initially, the first half, I had a a bigger lead. And then I knew things were going south. So I started walking (laughs) a lot more. And then once she told me, you know, that she was doing great, and I, she doesn't know it, but I looked her up on the tracker to see that she was, you know, going to. Do a personal best I was like I'm not gonna ruin a race so as long as I don't end up in the med tent I'm gonna stay away from her so that actually kept me motivated because I knew if she saw me that it would mess her up because I didn't look good I didn't look good at the end either so it was better <laughs> that she didn't see me until she was finished
0: <laughs> oh let's well, um well both Ber- Berlin and London have two very uh, unique finishes they have you know some national monuments that you finish mm-hmm. either through or by um what what was that like?
1: So for me, for Berlin, I really enjoyed, I lived in Germany for seven years, Um, not in Berlin, but more in the Southwestern part of the country. Um, But to be able to run entirely in the city of Berlin and then you run through the Brandenburg gate and then finish, what about two tenths of a mile past the gate is the finish Mm -hmm. line area. So it was really cool to run through the gate and lots of crowds and lots of supports. Uh, a lot of support there, which was really nice. But that was probably about the only major monument that you see in Berlin.
0: Yeah, that's about right. It was the gate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah but cool. it, hopefully the pictures. still waiting for some pictures to come through, but there's a lot of people in it. So I don't know if I can blow it up, but that's a great picture to have as the gate in the background, which is yeah. kind of nice. That's cool. And then London had a few extra ones. Like I, Jennifer didn't enjoy Berlin. I don't think as much um no london we started out really far in the country so the first 12 miles you were literally just kind of on country back roads heading into berlin i mean heading into london Mm -hmm. so it wasn't until you get to the london bridge which is what like 12 and a half miles yeah and the tower bridge and run across that bridge that's that's amazing that's iconic
3: for for me um berlin i felt was um the crowds were definitely out but when I was coming by they were very quiet which I found odd I felt almost like I was being observed um and obviously when you're not feeling well that's not the thing you're going for (laughs) um but when I got to the finish um and saw the gate that really is magical um and I had studied it to know we went the day prior to know how far the finish was from the gate so a lot of people make the mistake of slowing at the gate thinking it's the finish Um, but the gate truly is really beautiful. Um, for me, London blew Berlin away because I love the Royal family. I love European history. So being able to see a lot of the iconic buildings and places where, you know, major parts of history have happened. And then obviously when you hit Buckingham Palace, it's around 350 meters to the finish. And again, I'm not good at math. I have no idea how far 350 meters is. I really didn't care <laughs> because I was so excited about being at Buckingham Palace. I mean, where on earth can you finish a race in front of Buckingham Palace? Um, it's truly incredible. And then um I happened to finish at the same time as a couple who was pushing their child in a wheelchair. It's the first entrance they've ever allowed, um, like that. So obviously being a parent of someone with special needs, that was really touching and really special to me to finish at the same time as them. Um, so, you know, the, um, for me, my favorite major ever is Boston. Nothing will touch Boston. Incredible experience. Um, and then I'm probably tied between New York and London for being the second when, i go back and do New York next year. I'll report back on my overall <laughs> feeling again on if I think <laughs> it's New York or London. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, Berlin right now would be lost for me. So we'll see. I have, I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling I'm going to love Chicago uh, just because I love the people of Chicago and I love the, the, the mm-hmm. energy and the, the city itself. Um, so we'll see. But right now there's nothing on earth, no race on earth that tops Boston for me. <laughs> So the, cool. and then towards the
1: end too, before you get to the Buckingham Palace, as you're turning, you come to a street that perpendicular with Parliament and Big Ben. So mm-hmm. you turn the corner by Big mm-hmm. Ben and and go down, which is really cool. And um, ironically, our hotel was at the bridge of the Westminster Bridge, at the foot of the mm-hmm. Westminster Bridge, which is great. But both races, our biggest challenges, our hotels were great and close to the finish
3: lines. Mm-hmm. But when the race is over, you can't get back to your hotel very easily. It's complete gridlock. Yeah, with people. And then they have, you know, certain areas are one way only. And I mean, I'm sure if you do the race more than once, or if you live in that area, you probably know workarounds. But most of the time when you're doing the world majors, you don't ever, you know, go back to these areas or have been there before. So it's difficult to navigate for sure. And the other thing I forgot to mention too, is, um, you know, growing up in DC, I'm used to being in really high security areas. Um, And when I ran New York and Boston, I felt very safe. I did not feel the same way in Berlin, I felt they didn't have the right level of security to ensure that the runners were safe. Um, And that that was another thing that really weighed on my mind. But I was relieved when I got to London, because I thought their security and safety measures were impeccable.
1: Mm. Not Except indeed. they're carrying a nightstick and a flashlight. So. Well, true,
3: true. But they did they did admit to us that they had people behind the scenes that we could not see, such as snipers, et cetera. So I felt like, I mean, it's sad that we live in a world we live in, but I think we've yeah. all learned um, that mm-hmm. that's something we have to take into consideration, um, you know, when running. So for me, that's something I always evaluate. And again, it's sad that I have to do that. But, you know, after living through September 11th, being a D.C. resident, Um, and then, you know, what happened in Boston and New York as well, it, it just weighs on my mind. So, um, I will say that if you're someone who's a little bit cautious, or maybe you've had a race experience like Boston in the past, that leaves you uncomfortable, then you probably should research Berlin and see if it's right for you.
0: Mm. And size wise, um, what uh, Boston is 40,000. Is that right?
3: No, it's only around 25.
0: 25. Oh,
2: it's which New only,
3: I know, but yeah. for the world huh. majors, 25 is small. Right. Um, New York Ber- is usually 50 to 55,000, okay. but when I ran it, it was the first year coming back from COVID. So they kept the field really small and it was mm. around 25,000. I was really lucky.
1: Berlin said they had 45,527 registered runners.
0: Okay.
3: Crazy. Yeah. And London, I, I think, think London head, was but... around um, forty thousand and I think Tokyo is around thirty-five thousand and then I believe Chicago is around fifty. Wow.
2: Oh, they yeah. big. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I did Chicago a long time ago. It's my only DNF. I uh the it,
3: what?
0: Yeah, the race got colder as we went and it snowed and I, I didn't have enough what? clothing on and I went hypothermic. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't before.
3: do snow. You know, we're in Florida. We don't <laughs> yeah, do snow. Yeah. That would be probably a DNF for us too. So that yeah. means you need vengeance and you need to go I, back and <laughs> run it the year that we do. I, I, do. <laughs> I
2: do. Yeah. I
0: 24 <laughs> miles. I was only 2.2 from the finish and they pulled me. Wow. Um, which was hard, but I, I couldn't go on. I just I was literally just shaking and, and barely walking. So um the uh yeah, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go back and, just, and
3: you know, it's funny you bring that up and we talk about the DNF thing a lot. And, you know, knowing when is the right time, because obviously being endurance runners, we're all taught to ignore the pain and run through it. But it's a different type of pain that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I often think about, you know, especially when you travel somewhere such as, you know, London, Berlin, Tokyo, it's not in the States, it's hard to get to it's expensive. But I would hope that if I was in that situation that I would be able to make the right decision. Because um, unfortunately, at London, there was a 36 year old man. Um, who died around a mild 22, wow. um, despite their best efforts. So it's things like that, that really remind you that no race is worth pushing yourself beyond, right. you know, your limits. And that really resonated with me because, you know, I'm 44, Sandra's 54, this guy's 36, you know, and, and just died at the race. So I think that's a good point you bring up. And, um, I can't remember what race it was, but it was one last year. I listened to your podcast where you talked about with your son, where you encountered the snake.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's old dominion. Yep.
3: Yeah. And I, um, listening to that podcast taught me a lot because, um, you know, when your coach knows when to say it's enough for himself, it teaches you that, you know, even someone who you admire um, you know, who you think is the best in the world can say, I've had enough and this is the end. It just shows you that you can do it too. You don't have to, you know, prove anything to anybody because your health and safety come first.
0: Right. Yeah. I think some people try to push through too much sometimes and and leaves them in a worse state than, you know, if they had just stopped, you know, they probably would have come back a lot quicker. Um, and you know, there's a lot more repercussions, you know, there can be a lot more long-term repercussions. So, um Safety first. <laughs> safety yeah, I <first>.
3: think <laughs> a good lesson.
1: Yeah. I think this thing about like Boston for me, you know, not that I would qualify for Boston, but to run it by charity or something again, the weather conditions were so ideal that day. And you hear horror stories. And of course, they've been going for 126
3: Are years You're talking about 2019, wasn't it? 2018. Was the downpour. <laughs> the
1: 2018, people yeah. were like yeah. the thermic on the course yeah. too. And it's like, yeah, totally. it's Boston yeah. in April. You can have any kind any of weather. Ahead. It's like, right. You know, this was, this was a good one to like check the box
2: and <laughs> it was yeah. like really yep. perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the same thing as Chicago, you know, it's, it's, so yeah, it's, it be anything in Chicago, I mean, they've had that heat wave year and then they have, like uh-huh. I said, the year I did it, it snowed, like, it's just, it can be anything. Uh,
3: um, what year was it when it snowed?
0: 20, let's see. It was 2000, it was either 2006. Yeah. 2006. I think it was. Um, oh my gosh um, well, well let's were, hope
3: that doesn't happen to us <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah they were calling for london like on saturday oh Monday, all the forecasts were calling for like 80 percent chance of rain it was looking like monsoon rains like mm. all the radars were dark green we woke up sunday morning and it dropped to like eight percent chance and you could see the band of rain for the you know for the time lapse just staying south of London. We literally did not have one raindrop.
3: We were so lucky.
1: It was unbelievable because, (laughs) you know, running a marathon in and of itself is hard. Running it in bad conditions is really hard. And then running two Sundays in
3: a row (laughs) is.
2: Oh yeah, that was,
3: that was, I mean, I was was funny because I remember before the race, Sandra asked me, she goes, well, at what point during the London marathon do you think I'm going to regret my decision?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: um, and I mean, I was honest with her cause I haven't done two back to back in a week, but I did at one point run the goofy challenge, which is a half and a full marathon. And then the following week I ran a 5k, 10k half marathon. Um, so I had made a similar dumb decision before. Um, and I told her that, you know, I felt that at the halfway mark of the Linda marathon, we were really going to be questioning our decisions. And then, you know, around mile 18, we would, we would be pretty mad at ourselves. Um, <laughs> but you know, surprisingly, when we woke up the next morning, we were really not in bad shape. I mean, yeah, Yeah. we did have some aches and pains, but it wasn't terrible. And then today I feel a million times better. So, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, I think it was like three or four weekends in a row, Aaron, where you had me on these, you know, pretty long runs, challenging runs, speed drills, all kinds of things it paid off and it didn't matter that I didn't do the 2022 20, or 26 mile run. I was able to get through two in a week. Were they perfect? No, but I got through it and I got a respectable finish and that's that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <That's, laughs> and it's something Sandra had asked me about, um, not long before you guys went to, uh, to Berlin. Um, she's, you know, she said that last, you know, I see what Jennifer's doing and I see what Marilyn's doing. Um, you know, why yeah. is there such a disparity in our training? And, uh, you know, I tried to explain, you know, it's, it's not cookie cutter, right? Like you're all yeah. different individuals and you respond to training differently. Um, uh, you know, so whereas Jennifer wanted to move, she started moving away from the run, walk intervals, which was her yeah. choice. And, and Sandra is doing the run, walk, uh, Maryland's doing the run, walk, but, um, you know, it was Marilyn has sometimes where she can't get things in just based on her life. It's just busy. So, yeah. You know, it was everybody was so varied. So there was no like, you know, here's what everybody is doing. (laughs) It's what, yeah, what this person's capable of doing this week. And this, here's what this person's capable of doing this week. So, you know, looking at you all individually was, was, you know, part of keeping you a healthy and be ready to go. You know, it's, it's, I mean, Sandra was having some hamstring issues leading into it. So, we had to be real careful. You know, it couldn't do too much with uh with speed. We couldn't, you know, overdo things because we didn't want to, you know, increase yeah. that likelihood that she was going to be, you know, having problems race day. You know, we wanted her to be as healthy as possible going into race day. So that's why we I mean here. it's
3: interesting yeah. that you bring up injuries because before we met you, Andrew, uh Sandra and I always did Orange Theory. We were members for years. Mm-hmm. And um you know we i've had more injuries than she did just because i have less self-control and very competitive you get me into a group workout and i cannot hold back um but you know i had a lot of injuries with orange theory and um i was worried that you know if i tried to to do a marathon again then i was going to be back in that position and i didn't want to ever go through that again and since i started training with you i haven't had a single injury i've had aches or pains but never an injury. <laughs>
1: And I'm the same way, like I love the back to back days on training, but I think the longest, you know, this is the fourth marathon this year. And of course I still have the halves that I've been working in for my state. So I know I'm getting a lot of like those kinds of events and, you know, I had a new PR for a half back in August. and But like the fact that, you know, Jennifer, I think you do a couple days off, but you run four days or five days and have a couple days. I don't yeah. get any days off, but I'm doing like a recovery walk or a bike and I'm swimming two to three days a week with the fluid running and the fluid running has been an amazing addition because of the no stress. And especially with the recovering from knee surgery and then with the hamstring that the the pool has been such a good addition without adding any more strain yet. I still feel like I was well-prepared for all the races that I've done. I'm never going to be a speed demon and
3: I'm okay with that. Well, I mean, when you, it's, it's interesting, when you go to a world major versus doing a local race or Disney race, you are more so humbled because, you know, the people that show up at a world major are the best in the world. Um, you know, and so I it was funny when we finished Berlin with, you know, what would have been a respectable time at a local race, um, and I told Sandra, like, oh, we finished bottom 30%. She's like, no, we didn't. And then she looked, and I was like, yes, we did. Yes, we
2: did."
3: Yeah, I, think for, I think for London, like, I think there's like 4,000 that
1: finished below me or something. And I'm just, I was over five, I was five hours and 15 minutes. So for me, like, I was cool with that. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, there was
3: definitely um, a lot of faster runners. <laughs> <back there. laughs> well, is- you can't do You can't do two marathons in a week and expect. To go out and do your best you just can't
0: no yeah. but it's i mean it also is a testament to our sport like what other sport can you say you lined up with a world record holder? exactly you know you guys right
3: yeah were the we were there
0: the world record to yeah play. that's incredible that's like, true
3: it's so yeah. cool like too, that you guys were too, in the, the men's race. and women's world record was set that day um so you know that that's pretty amazing
0: yeah well i think it was the the women's was the third fastest she was the third fastest.
3: Ah. okay yeah but i think I she mean, was still the fastest incredible that course wasn't yeah. she
0: uh, I, I think, think it's was it was, a course record. I believe. It was yeah, yeah,
3: that's what it is. Um, but yeah, so incredible because obviously we're not the ones setting those records, but they didn't run two marathons in a week, did they? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> and at least
1: we're not. At least we're not running Chicago this coming weekend. Oh right. yeah,
3: there yeah. were some people that were doing that. No thanks, Oof. I need a little break.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> that, that that would be. Yeah, that would be. Oh my god. That would be oh, ugly. I, yeah. No, that would not be fun. That would not be fun. I think my body would be rebelling against me. <laughs> I agree. I think it's always humbling
1: too. I think when I did I think when I did my Minnesota race, it was Duluth, grandma's. Um, I did the half and I was on my plane to head back home. And so it was Duluth to Chicago. The girl on my flight was a minute faster than me for the full. I ran the half and she finished yeah. the full a minute sooner than I finished my half. <laughs> a, but and then I was like, okay, but she was on her way to the Olympic trials <laughs> like that month or something. I'm like, okay, I can do that. But to get lapped by the marathoners at the end, it's like, okay, I'm not worthy.
0: <laughs> fast know? folks. There are some fast folks, but it's, it's yeah, all yeah. about, you yeah. know, you as an individual and what you're doing and, and that you're happy with that. Yeah.
3: And I think you do a really great job because you know, it's. It's funny because there's times, you know, like when I didn't have a great race at Berlin because I didn't feel well, it's like, you kind of think like, okay, should I even bring this up with him? Because I mean, he just did a 200 mile race. My little (laughs) 26 mile race is pretty minor. Um, But you never, you never make me feel like I'm, you know, any different or beneath you or anything. It's always, you know, you always make me feel like I, you know, am an athlete, even though sometimes I question if I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're all we're all runners, and that's you know what we should celebrate is that the fact that we all run, no matter what the distance is, how fast it's, we all do it. You know, we we'll all get out there, we we'll all lace up our shoes we all go to our own races you know it's it's what yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't expect everybody to do a 200 mile race you know there's not many stupid people like me <laughs>
3: so <laughs> yeah that's not happening i can tell you that's not on our radar <laughs>
2: right right. <laughs>
1: the videos look beautiful however of yeah. Yeah. course um but i don't even want to drive 200 miles i can imagine running it or walking it or anything
3: and it's, and it's funny because uh, sandra and i have talked a lot about like well what's next for us you know after she finishes her 50 states and and we finished the six-star thing like, well, then what's left? Um, uh, for me, I think I want to do the Marine Corps 50K, which I know Ooh. I said I would never do an ultra and I wasn't
2: interested, <laughs>
3: but you know, being born and raised in DC, I've always wanted to do the race. And if I'm yeah. going to do a 50, 50K, it's going to be there.
2: That's cool. um,
3: so that's kind of on my bucket list. Um, we've talked about uh, going to Iceland. I think Sandra's interested in the half, but if I'm going to Iceland, I'm going all out It's marathon <laughs> for me. Sweet. Um, but you know, we've, we've got, we've got some other races on the radar without a, an exact timeframe. Um, but obviously it will not be, as um, much of planes, trains, and automobiles as we've <laughs> experienced in the last two to three years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so no seven marathons in seven days and seven continents. <laughs> no, 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 we <laughs>
3: actually met someone who did that wow, and they, that, and they talked about one. it. I mean, uh and there was one person at our, uh, one of the dinner events we went to had, who had was running their 450th marathon a, in Berlin. Holy I don't God. ever see myself running 450. And in fact, Garmin let me know I could only earn the marathon badge 250 times. And I can <laughs> let you know, Garmin, there's no worries there. <laughs> oh, but we laugh
1: because it's such a, such a slippery slope. Jennifer and I actually both ran our first half marathons at the same race before we knew each other in 2013 and i did it because i heard a podcast of a guy that we love who did disney and it was like oh that sounds like so much fun to do a disney race and then it was like okay well i'm only going to do disney race because it's fun and you know you can stop for characters i still have to do the training so that Mm -hmm. way i wasn't destroyed and had a great time then i ended up moving to florida because i lived in um upstate new york at the time moved to florida had a couple local florida races and okay that was fun but you know disney's it I'll never care about my time. I'm really just doing this for fun and check off a couple boxes. Well then of course you know what your PR is and then you always go in with the intention of trying to beat your PR when you can. And then it's like, well, okay, but I'll never run a full because that's just stupid. So of course, my kids and you know everybody, you know my husband, and everybody are like, uh-huh, behind their head when I finally came out and said, the year I turned 50, I did dopey. And they were like, of course you are, like they fully expected that to happen at some point. And then I was like, great. I turned 50, did my one marathon, one and done.
2: Yeah. And it
1: just yeah. it really becomes a slippery you thought slope. thought
3: so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then it, but it was one of those things, like I knew, you know, with Jennifer, like I knew I would end up going to Berlin, Tokyo, and London with her. So if I'm going to go to those things, I might as well do it. As, 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 probably if I hadn't gotten Boston, it may have I may have not felt it so much, but being able to officially run Boston... Well, then you, you kind of have to at that point. Yeah. If I'm especially doing the other three, you right. know, I mean, you're...
3: you'd be crazy not to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone needs an enabler, just call me. I'm happy
0: to help. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. And uh, congratulations on on all of these. That's, you know,
2: that's so cool. I, you. I was so stoked
0: to see you both finish at London. You know, I mean, coming off of Berlin, it, you. you know, it was like, let's see how it goes, you know, and you guys did great. Yep. So. yep. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Well, thank
3: you for, you know, putting up with us and (laughs) for not for not making us feel bad when we came forward with Berlin at the last minute, you know, and altering the training and making it work because we both honestly, despite it being really challenging overall, we had an incredible experience. So thanks for, you know, coaching us and training us.
1: And neither one of us are destroyed, which is amazing. But we both, what was it? You the airport. We're like, let's see what air has in store for us this week.
2: <laughs> and oh. you
1: know, it looks good for these first few days. And then I'm looking like, oh, I'm running on Sunday. Like, that seems <laughs> <Surprise>. super. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a half marathon
0: so or 5K or something coming up. I know. <laughs>
1: I have yep. a half marathon. I have uh, doing the Detroit International... Next not this coming weekend, but the weekend
0: after. Yep. Gotta get those legs moving again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, gotta get those legs moving. So but pool time today.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. If folks want to connect with you, if they have questions about the uh the marathons or you know just anything in general, how can they connect with you?
3: Uh for me, you can find me on Instagram. My name is Warrior Mom Runs um you can also find me on facebook under jennifer byers there are a ton of jennifer byers so you might be challenged Mm -hmm. to find me there but instagram you can definitely find me on warrior mom run cool
1: and you absolutely can't find me on instagram actually i am on instagram but i've never posted so there (laughs) would be no sense in trying to follow me on there because i'm very boring
3: Um, (laughs) she will reply to messages though i
1: will reply to messages on instagram so i think i'm uh Sandra underscore Beck 22 maybe on Instagram. I'll find and uh,
0: on Facebook, I'm Sandra Jean LeVec on Facebook. So that's probably the best
3: way. And we love to talk running. So anytime we'll chat more. <laughs> you can probably
0: find them on Peloton too. and on... <laughs> oh
2: <my laughs> Yes, under,
3: under Peloton, I'm Warrior Mom Runs. <laughs>
2: awesome. And
1: I'm a Florida Girl14 on Peloton.
2: Sweet. Well.
0: Thank you both for your time, for sharing your stories. You're welcome. You're both amazing. And uh, it a fun conversation. I really do appreciate it. Awesome.
3: Having. It was fun. Thanks yeah, so much. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, as I always, you know, start my outro uh, just a huge, huge congratulations to these two women for, for finishing two of the world majors uh, and you know, Jennifer is getting closer and closer. Sandra has just a few more. You know then the Jennifer to complete, but uh, I know they'll do it, they're just not only are they capable, but they have the the drive and desire to do so and i'm I'm super happy for them so thank you too for coming on and, and sharing your stories about the, about how it went uh, in these two international marathons truly really awesome and incredible, so thank you both um let's talk a little bit about uh the race i just did uh it was the first year of this event it was called the front range five plus miler um it was right in my backyard in pisca forest uh super great course um just super fun and uh you know just kind of fun to mix it up um my you know my best friend david who uh paced me for uh, about fifty k in Bigfoot uh, he he ended up racing, and uh, another gentleman, um, Hunter Orvis, um, surprised all of us and jumped in uh, so it was it was pretty competitive. Um, I was surprised by that i uh, didn 't think it was going to be as competitive as it was uh, and the race director, Paige uh, witherington, she did a, a bang up job for her first time um, being a race director and added uh, a fifty dollar uh, purse to the first climb. So the first person up the first climb would get a $50 uh, bonus. So that that was pretty cool. I uh, really liked that, you know, just a, a, a breath of fresh air it was. And uh, so the race went out and uh, we were going up the first climb and um, Hunter took off. And, uh, um, you know, as, as we kind of started up the, the main first climb and really surprised me. Uh, I didn't know who Hunter was at the time, uh, I got to know Hunter after the race a bit more, such an awesome individual. And, uh, he was strong, you know, he was going up the, the first climb and, um, you know, I, I, I knew I didn't have, uh, the fitness to try and, uh, and push any harder than I was already going or else I was going to explode because we had, uh, after the first climb, you have a nice little, uh, you know, very mild descent and then another big climb after that. So, uh, the race had over a thousand feet of climbing in, uh, you know, about five and three quarters of a mile. So, um, he took the first climb and uh, continued to run strong, which I was just impressed. I wasn't sure if he was just going for the cash. Cause again, I didn't know who Hunter was. So, uh, I descended and kind of, you know, caught up to, um, to Hunter. I was, you know, maybe, maybe 10 meters behind him, uh, by the time we started the, uh, the second climb. And then we just kind of held you know, that distance up the second climb is a very strong climber. Um, and so I just kind of stayed behind him. And as we, uh, neared the top, I had, I had done this course twice. I hiked it with, uh, my friend Victor and then, um, I ran it with my wife. Um, and, uh, I knew where the top of the climb was. So as we neared the top of the climb, um, I, you know, I, I made a move to get up to Hunter's back and, uh, we had a, uh, a sweeping left turn it was a 90 degree bend just this you know kind of big turn and hunter kind of stepped to the outside and i went to the inside and kind of threw in my own surge and uh then began the descent about a mile and a half descent down to the finish and you know we just ran hard (laughs) uh just you know it was it was a race to the bottom which was super fun you know to be uh to be engaged in this this you know race. Oh man, we were we were going hard. Um and it was pretty technical descent. Those of you that know um Black Mountain, the bottom of Black Mountain, it's uh there's a lot of rocks and such. So, we were moving fast for that terrain. Um and he was you know right behind me. I could hear his footsteps coming behind me. So, uh you know it was uh it was it was everything I could do to to stay ahead of him. Um, and we popped out of, off black mountain and it's just a short kind of, um, double wide trail to the finish. And I gave it all I had. Um, I ended up winning by 10 seconds. It was, you know, such a close margin. and, And my best friend Dave came in third, about 30 seconds behind me. Uh, So it was a really close race. Super fun. I haven't run something like that in forever, because I really just blew out the pipes. (laughs) Uh, It was it was really, um, you know, really, it was fast, it was hard. Um, You know, I could definitely tell I was, uh, I was close to redlining it a few times, just really pushing hard, kind of like you would race at 10k um, you know, having those climbs in there, uh, the descents, you know, at the end, really, you know, that, that helped to kind of recover and, you know, have a fast finish. Um, but I, I wasn't sure, you know, climbing as strong as Hunter was, I wasn't sure I was going to catch him nor was I be able to pass him. So, uh, it was, it was intriguing. Um, but, uh, but that's why we race, you know, to kind of stick our nose in there and see what can happen. So, um, again, you know, Paige did a wonderful job. Um, you may have heard of the race on Saturday, Clawhammer. Um, Tony K. Anton, uh, as as he's known in the ultra world, came out and raced. Corey Waltering was there, um, but my buddy Sheridan, Sheridan Byers, what a fantastic! I hope you're listening, buddy. What a fantastic race by Sheridan and another local, Randy, who uh, they took second and third. So Sheridan was second, and Randy was third. Uh, just a phenomenal showing, phenomenal race for, for the two of them. Um, Anton won, uh, and it was just, a, a you know, a great, I heard it was a great course, um, challenging. Um, there's some, some big climbs in the race. So, you know, hopefully that, that race will be able to take place again. That was called the claw hammer 50 K it was on Saturday. And then the front range five plus miler was on Sunday. So, Oh, what a great event. Really fun. Um, super nice awards. Uh, like I said, she did a a bang up job. So very happy, very happy for her. And congrats to my wife. (laughs) I'd be remiss not to talk about my wife. Uh, my wife took the climb, so she got 50 bucks and then actually, um, Hunter's wife ended up winning. Um, my wife has difficulty descending due to, uh, some of her, you know, injuries and, and problems that she has with her knee. Uh, so she's a bit of a slower descender, but she still took second female, so very happy for her, um, super fun time though. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can't, can't talk enough good things about that race. So, uh, if you get the chance next year, if that happens, you know, check out either the Clawhammer 50 K or the front range five plus miler, really great time. So that was the race. Um, you know, great stuff. And, uh, you know, here I'm just, uh, I'm kind of in transition. Um, I met a nice gentleman, um, on uh, on Sunday, he was uh, he you know he was doing his first trail race. His name is Jonathan. Um, really nice young man, um, and uh, he's really new to our sport. And you know was was interested in coaching, so we're having that conversation. So, uh, you know, this is the kind of time of year we're already thinking to uh, 2023 and what's our goals for 2023. So if you want to have that conversation, it doesn't mean we need to start coaching now. But if you want to talk about coaching and find out uh, if if coaching is right for you, if if I'm the right coach for you, please reach out. Um, Let me know. Let's uh, let's kind of reserve your spot so that, uh, you know, when the time comes and you're ready, we can uh, we can get you on board and get you going. So um, please reach out. Uh, my my contacts in the show notes, or you can check out my coaching services are are on my website mrunningpains.com. dot com, and uh, you can connect with me there as well. Uh, as always, I want to thank my my Patreon sponsors. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be better about uh, about thanking those folks. Uh, I'm I'm reaching out to them this week. I'm actually sending an email out. Uh, I'm going to start doing uh, a podcast um, probably every two weeks for my Patreon supporters and engaging them in, uh, um, I may create like a private Facebook group for, for Patreon supporters where they can ask questions and engage and, um, you know, have our, our own little community. I haven't decided how that's going to work yet, but I want to start giving benefit to the Patreon supporters, not only for, you know, their support, but just, you know, for being behind me and supporting everything I do. So, um, if you can support me on Patreon, God I, I certainly appreciate it. It would be fantastic uh, Link again in the show notes or on my website. You can uh, support there for a uh, dollar a month or whatever you can you can uh, support me with. I really do appreciate that support. It helps me keep um, you know not only the podcast going but uh, the newsletter uh, and you know just trying to get all the information I can out there so uh, today i 'll be recording with Nathan Lehman. Uh, we're going to just kind of uh, do a, a shoe update. You know, what's what's coming down the pipes? What are we excited about? What are we seeing? What are trends? Uh, so I'm excited about that conversation with Nathan. Nathan owns the Ultra Running Company out of Charlotte. Uh, I've, I've grown to really um, admire and respect Nathan and what he does. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's definitely... Um, a, a tremendous ultra runner. He's been on the podcast a few times. You can go back and, and listen to uh, to our episodes because he he talks about his ultra experience and things he's done. He's done Tour de Jeans twice uh, and just a slew of other races. So um, really enjoy my conversations with him. So I'm, enjoy- I'm really looking forward to uh, to talking with him. Um, I just had a session with Jesse Fuller. Uh, Jesse is on Instagram, and I will try to put Jesse's information in the show notes. Um, you know his Instagram account. Uh, Jesse is just um, a, a wonderful resource. He, uh, if you follow him on Instagram. He has all sorts of uh, videos. He does um, a very specific like today when I went on Instagram, I saw that he did runner's knee. He has uh, a few different ones for runner's knee and you can go on there and watch the video and see exercises that will help with runner's knee or with hamstring tendinopathy or uh, activating glute muscles, you know, whatever he has all. It's a huge video library because he posts them multiple times per week. but. Um, I had a session with him just to kind of go over some some things and, and you know, have a um, have an experience working with him uh, just to kind of see what that's like. Uh, uh, you know, I, I love my physical therapist, Miriam Saloom. She has been just a godsend to me, um, uh, you know, and but I, I want to, you know, make sure I know what's out there so that um, I can support my runners as well the best way I can. Uh, and Jesse, you know, we did basically a, a functional movement screening over Zoom. Um, Jesse's out of Virginia and, uh, you know, he talked about some things that he saw and some things that I need to work on. And he kind of sent me a, um, uh, an, an exercise regimen, if you will, to, to kind of work on some things. Um, I did hurt my calf. Uh, unfortunately on the cool down uh, uh, on uh, Sunday after the race so I'm a little bit sidelined right now so if you see me on Strava swimming and and doing other things it's because I I hurt my calf Um, I'm hoping it's not too serious Um, but I I, I can't run at the moment so (laughs) Um, bummer you know uh, as I said I didn't anticipate going as hard as I did and I probably should have cut the cool down a little bit shorter um, cause I put my body through a lot, but, um, so yeah, silly, silly Aaron <laughs> got a little injury, but, um, but no. So, you know, again, working with Jesse, uh, he's, you know, he, he prescribed these exercises that I've been doing and I can definitely feel the engagement of, uh, of the muscles that, you know, have not been firing like my glutes and, um, um, uh, hip flexors and such it's, you know, so, um, You can check Jesse out uh, once again on Instagram. I think he's working on a website, Uh, but he's going to be recording with me next week. So, um, you know, uh, next week's episode will be Nathan Lehman. And then the following week, uh, will be Jesse Fuller. And we kind of talk about what he does and who he is. He's, he's done 1200 milers himself. So Jesse has, uh, some great ultra running experience. He works with, uh, athletes like Michael Wardian. If you're familiar with Michael and all the things he does, um, you know, Jesse's kind of helped, uh, Michael kind of get through his, uh, uh, his strength. Uh, so really cool. That's, that's actually where I kind of learned about Jesse was through uh, Michael posting about uh, the exercise he does and where they're coming from. So, um, you know, as I said, just trying to um, figure out resources out there so I can, you know, I can turn runners to the right resources to, uh, to help them in their running. Um, so that's going to be the next two weeks on the podcast. Um, if you have questions for um, you know any of these folks, um, or if you want to be a guest, or if you have a topic that you would like discussed, uh, please reach out. Let me know. Always happy to have those um, you know those those episodes as well. Um, you know, I, I like those. Uh, I like when folks ask questions and you know have have things they want to learn about because uh, I, I you know try to. You know, describe them and and go through them the best I can so that uh, uh, people feel more confident in their training and have the the best possible uh, training for their, their goal race. So that's, that's what I hope. So, so yeah, so I will end with um, a thank you to all my Patreons. I'm going to go through the, those that have supported me through Patreon. Uh, These folks have just been uh, awesome and I I can't thank them enough. So Carolyn more. So Mike Sears, Julia Jordan, uh, Nicole Burnham, Peter Kayo, Will Weedman, Philip Taylor, Martin Thorne, Nancy Lewis, Victor Dostrow, uh, Kendall Weaver, Nate Heeslip, Austin Elder, and Tori Greaves. My goodness, thank you all for being a part of uh, the Emma Running Pains podcast and for helping me keep it going. So, uh, with that, I will bid you all adieu and I will uh, see you guys or I will talk to you guys next week. But until then, keep running, my friends.